Stacy, did you find any haunted dolls on eBay? Yeah, but I was a little disappointed because they gave no like description of why they were haunted. They just oh said, no, they oh, never do. Here's a haunted doll. I'm like, eh. I did don't you read know. any of the descriptions where they get real ridiculous and they're like, we swear it's haunted, we promise, but they the never one, say. The ones that I looked at had like no description. At all. <laughs> oh, that's super funny. Yeah, which I was like, well, this is kind of stupid because how do I know? Like, I would like make up a story at least. Like, I also looked up haunted dolls. I was and saying, a scary thing happened to me. Yo, this place is big. We should split up finding Will. Said no one who survived a horror movie ever. Because, as you know, in every horror movie, the first rule of survival is never leave your friends. So don't split up if you want to make it to the end. No, don't. Don't split up. Welcome back to the Don't Split Up Horror Podcast. We are continuing with our new horror films in the new year. Uh, we did The Forest last episode. Today we're going to be doing the new film, The Boy, starring Lauren Cohan, uh, famously of The Walking Dead. I am J.R. Foresteros. I'm Amanda Foresteros. I'm Moza Haiti. And I'm Stacy Silveri. Uh, if you have not heard of The Boy, not sure why you're listening to this episode, but we're glad you are. Uh, it is about an American nanny who is shocked that her new English family's boy is actually a life-size doll. After violating a list of strict rules, disturbing events make her believe that the doll is really alive. Ooh. So we thought it would be fun for this episode since uh, we know that a lot of people probably haven't gotten to see it yet. We're going to talk about haunted dolls in general for a few minutes and then do a non-spoiler review of the boy. And then we'll make sure we give you plenty of warning before we get into spoilers for the boy. So, uh, first of all, there are a good number of movies about haunted dolls. I mean, they're kind of a creepy thing, right? Very yes. creepy. So much creepy. <laughs> oh, man. I would, what? Even, I would even put clowns in the subgenre of haunted dolls. Like, they're not dolls, but now that's a human making itself look like a doll with that mm. permanent fixed emotion on its face and so forth. Be debatable. So I'm gonna, go either way, I feel like. I'm going to say clowns are also dolls. Yeah, especially like the ceramic ones and the clown. I mean, there are lots of clown dolls like in Poltergeist that were terrifying. It's so. like almost a necessary evil for every scary movie for there to be a creepy clown doll in some room. Yeah, I completely. So uh, what are some of your guys' favorite doll movies? Like what are some of the ones that you've really been pretty scared by? I was going to say, let's dial that back because I would not use the word favorite in conjunction <laughs> with anything horror related or doll related. But okay, now that you said, scared me. I mean, I'm going to probably go with the obvious, The Conjuring. That was probably mm. the one that scared me the most. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can think of like Dead Silence. That one, I mean, it was creepy, like, but I wouldn't say scary necessarily. Yeah, I never saw Dead Silence. I, I saw the, the movie poster last night when we were doing some research, and it, it looked extremely creepy. But honestly, really one of the only ones that I've seen that have, like haunted puppets or dolls or whatever, is Child's Play, like all of the Chucky stuff. And that, oh. I remember watching that when I was way too young to be watching that stuff, and it terrified me, like super, super creepy. So. As a kid, Chucky definitely got to me. Uh, as an adult, it's so ridiculously dumb that it, I don't find it scary even in the slightest. But at a younger age, I thought it was terrifying. Uh, 
if we count the conjuring because annabelle really wasn't the main part like it was kind of a side part of that film right yeah but a very so, creepy yeah. side part. i would say maybe the conjuring but that's just because that movie in general was terrifying well and yeah and then annabelle as a film was did any of you see it no. it was not it was not great at all um it yeah, it, the Conjuring. It, Annabelle was much scarier in the Conjuring than she was in her own movie. Well, what I think is interesting, though, uh, did uh, we haven't said Saw yet, and Saw has a creepy doll in it, even though that's not like the main focus of the film. And I yeah, saw that on your creepy. list, but I didn't find the doll in Saw to be the creepy part. Oh, at all? Not really, because there was creepy. so much else going on in that film, and my mind was elsewhere. Like the doll was creepy, but it. At least from what I can remember, and it's been years since I've seen Saul, uh, and I think I only saw the second one as far as the series went on. But uh, I don't remember the doll playing an active role in the horror portion of the film. You know what I mean? I mean like you he saw would him like he roll in. He would roll in on his little tricycle and like, like set, and add yeah, and set different traps and stuff, which was really creepy. Yeah. Uh, well, what I think is interesting is that. That you had this scary doll that was a part of the Saw lore, right? That was like part of Jigsaw's yeah. stuff. Um, that movie was directed by James Wan, who also did The Conjuring and Dead Silence. Oh, interesting. So James Wan apparently was very scared by dolls when he was a kid. He must have had a grandma with a creepy doll room. I don't know if anyone's asked him about this yet, but... We, want we could even just assume maybe he has a doll fetish. I think that's kind <laughs> of what I was thinking. Like maybe he just has a thing with dolls. Yeah, he's just weird. Do you guys know that Annabelle is a true story? I did know that. It was apparently the actual Annabelle was actually a Raggedy Ann doll, which mm. I'm sure that they were not allowed to use for copyright reasons, but I think would have been even creepier. Mm -hmm. Especially since Raggedy Ann is creepy. That's what I mean. Well, and, and did, did my sister had a Raggedy Ann doll growing up? Like we had one in our house forever. My buddy Matt Shields had one growing up, like even into high school. He carried really? a end all around. Wow, was, interesting. That was creepy. It was always mm. in his Jeep. We can't go anywhere with him. Do you know what, like, did you ask him why? That was one of those questions you just don't ask another oh. man. You're just like, all right, that's your doll. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I found, you know, I found se there's several stories of haunted dolls. I think Stacy and I both came across as we were researching this episode. Mm -hmm. um, and, and what is it do you think about dolls that scare us so much? They're dead glass eyes that stare at you. I think it's, and I'm about to spoil Stacy's response. He is. But I was thinking this before she said it and she can elaborate. But it's the lack of a reaction from a doll, it's that mm -hmm. static look. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it comes from like where people in general are so used to looking for human reactions or like care facial facial features nonverbals you know nonverbal cues and so when you see something that is so very lifelike you like keep waiting for for that nonverbal cue from them like just something from the facial expression or the way they move their hands or something so when you don't get that your body's like stuck between this feeling like of uncomfortableness and where, that's where you get the creepiness from. I concur. Yeah, they're cold, dead eyes that stare at you. <laughs> I mean, it's creepy. So I, I was thinking about this too, and I think you guys are all right. Like I, I kept, as I kept reflecting on why 
specifically because I, I know almost no one who's not creeped out by dolls and especially like a room full of dolls. Mm-hmm. Like I know almost no one that doesn't find that disturbing. And I think it is their like their human likeness. Like I, I would guess, and I, I tried to run this thought experiment in my mind. If you walked into a room full of beanie babies and then a room full of like porcelain dolls, the beanie babies room is like, exponentially less scary i mean i would say it's not scary at all yeah i would say it's the fun room i would play with those beanie babies (laughs) so so i was doing some research and have you guys ever heard of golems yes yes sort of okay so yeah there for our listeners who have not uh the golem is a being out of jewish mysticism uh and it is essentially a, a a humanoid creation that's made of all inanimate objects so a lot of a lot of times they're made out of clay or wood or something like that and then through through magic basically a religious or spiritually powerful person is able to animate the golem and and it sort of acts like a slave in most cases of course there are all kinds of stories of this going horribly wrong which is typically what happens when humans mess with power that's sort of beyond them but as i pushed on that i realized that's i think that's really getting to the heart of what scares us about dolls because in Jewish folklore, the, uh, the first golem was Adam because God shapes Adam's body out of earth, out of clay, out of dirt. And so before Adam is animated, he is a golem. He is a lifelike thing made out of inanimate objects. And then God breathes the spirit or the breath of life into Adam's nostrils. And that's when Adam becomes alive. And so a golem is something that looks human, but doesn't, is not animated by the spirit of life. And it seems as though we, and and you see this in the Annabelle story, right? That Annabelle was possessed by a demon that was, that was then tricking people. So you like, it seems like we have this thing that looks like it should be alive, but it's not alive. So it's like an empty vessel that can be filled by fill in the blank, you know, and, and, and again, it, it's easy to see how that could be a malevolent spirit or something that could get out of hand here. Um, so, so what I wanted to ask is one, do you buy that, that that is maybe what scares us about dolls is that they seem like they're waiting vessels to be filled by, uh, you know, malevolent spirits. And, and so we can't trust them because they look human, but they're not. <clears throat> and then two, I, I sort of wanted to ask if we could put robot movies in this category. So I, I guess I see where you're going with that. And I think to an extent, yes, I think it kind of is, um, it's a combination of what we were saying before and what you just spoke to now. So you look at this doll, you see human features, you want the reactions, you want the nonverbals, you just, you're looking for the rest of the humanity, uh, the pieces that are missing. Um, and so I think in some cases people look for that so hard or they need that to feel comfortable. Um, that they're willing to instill it themselves, whether it be an actual outside spirit or just their own imagination, or they hear something and they want it to be that. There's just that link. And so it's an easy place to say, yeah, this is empty. You know, something has just come in to fill it, or it could be the vessel of a a benevolent or a malevolent spirit. So, um, yeah, I think so, definitely. Yeah, I think I'd have to agree as well. I agree, except for I was just thinking, too, then does that mean that we would include 
like Frankenstein in that because he, I mean, sure, he was made up of like human parts, but which dead, is dead and animate. Yeah. Play, yeah, but he was inanimate and then he was given life. I, I think. I mean, I mean, I think that'd be like a classical, monster yeah, a, a classical golem yeah. story. I'd buy that. I, I do think, though, when you get to, I think there's kind of a separation here. I think in some aspects, uh, the the fear comes, and especially when you get back into like a religious uh, background and so forth, from man playing God. So Frankenstein is it's why man shouldn't have that power. Why God stands separate um, into the golem, speaking for the same thing. Uh, whereas with the dolls, I, I think we push it onto them if that makes sense if there's a separation mm -hmm. there so we're not like invoking necessarily the spirit into the doll but at the same point in time it was this we created a hollow vessel and something else you know came into it like we we created a doorway for something evil, whereas in the other we're meddling in things we're not supposed to and we're you know we're reaching beyond our limits right sure, sure. i mean i think it's why why kids you know when you're a kid you pretend and you play with dolls i mean i had tons and tons of dolls and barbie dolls and all kinds of different things and when i was growing up and i was never creeped out by them when i was little you know i even had porcelain dolls i collected like five or six one that was named amanda another one that had a really pretty like purple dress because purple was my favorite color or whatever like all but it never creeped me out but they were in my room all the time you know i had a an entire corner of my bedroom that was like full of dolls and stuffed animals and all kinds of stuff um, and it was child. because i was pretending i mean maybe i had a messed up childhood whatever <laughs> but like i think it was also you're you pretend like these are are real you know you like you cradle like water babies were super big in the 90s I, right you filled them up like with water and they were warm and you pretended like they were real that's know. weird that's, well, that's definitely as a child weird. though like you have that innocence so you're not necessarily aware of the evil or you know the other things that are out there so you make a you make those things into a positive thing. Mm -hmm. And then as you get older, or you experience darker things or you see other things and all of a sudden there's this other side and then people try to, yeah, I don't know. I think it has a lot to do with like the type of doll. Like growing up, my mom always wanted to give me American Girl dolls for like Christmas mm -hmm. or for my birthday. And I'm like, no, those creeped me out. Like, mm -hmm. no, thank you, I don't <laughs> want them. But like a Barbie doll or like an action figure never bothered me. But and I think it's because like the American Girl dolls are so lifelike, lifelike mm -hmm. that you can you know it's like well what if there is something to it you know so okay so did how did any of you see the film Ex Machina that came out this year last year excuse I me twice I in theaters so it's it's about a guy who's like he's like basically like a Google president or so he's like runs this giant inter, in you know international tech company and he has created. A, a, a humanoid robot, uh, completely artificial, and he believes he's created artificial intelligence. And so he brings a programmer from his company out to test her and to tell him whether or not she is alive or whether she's still just following programming. Would that count as a puppet movie, as a golem film, as one of these? Yeah, because I think in many ways, Ex Machina does function as a horror movie. Um, it asks questions about what it means to be human and what it means to be alive and whether or not humans are capable of creating life if just because we can create something that looks life-like. I would say that's definitely a new age version, right? So in the past, um, we didn't have technology. So things that were unexplained, I mean, we had it, but not as advanced as we have it now. 
So things were explained through mysticism or outside means, you know, whatever that may be. But now, um, from a technological standpoint, things are a series of numbers or patterns or, you know, our actions and reactions are based on patterns. So a lot of people might argue. So for this guy to create essentially something that could give life through a technological standpoint, isn't that the same thing, but from a different avenue? I think Amanda's skeptical. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just want to argue because I don't want you to be right about it. <laughs> oh, okay. I, mean, I, don't, I don't agree with JR. Did it sound like yeah. I did? <laughs> you know, I think when you first mentioned this, I was kind of skeptical, but I can kind of see where there's this transition from like the dolls to the machines that are lifelike. I mean, it's definitely arguable for sure. Whether did, did any of you have a, have a Teddy Ruxpin growing up or a nope. Furby? Mm -mm. Oh, I had a Furby, and those things creeped me out. I mean, it's a robot, right? And it simulates life likeness, which is what makes it creepy. I think I have yeah. both, to be honest. I can't remember. Yeah, that's definitely what makes it creepy is that it simulates life without actually having it. So it always, for it can catch you off guard. Like, wait, is that real or is that fake? But they were in the, I mean, they were depicted as animals. So it's not quite as creepy. I mean, they're cute, fuzzy little friends. Yeah, but I can remember growing up, like everyone always had like Furbies, there's always like that weird creepiness to them. Like, uh, maybe something like they do stuff by themselves. Like, I don't know if my dog could talk, I'd be cool with that. <laughs> if my doll could talk, I'd hate it. For the record, I don't have any dolls. That was an example. So uh, if you go on eBay, you can find haunted dolls, send them to Mo. We'll post his address on the Facebook page. Yep. They've got some great descriptions. I actually was doing some research. I was telling you guys about this earlier. I was doing research last night about haunted dolls and I was just, you know, chuckling to myself because some of the descriptions are really ridiculous and people, you know, they're, they're like, well, I'm a true believer and it's definitely haunted, you know, and even just the, the names of the dolls are funny. Like haunted doll, very small Joanne. That's her name. Very small. Joanne. <laughs> Brandon is a very powerful haunted doll or, you know, a spirit vessel, supernatural, paranormal powers, active, etc. But here's the crazy thing, guys. I had closed out my web browser in on my phone when I was doing research and three different times today. Like I, I always close out all of my apps and I like clear them and everything. And three different times today when I open my phone, that freaking the eBay listings for all of these stupid haunted dolls were on. <laughs> that is creepy. Oh, yeah. That's, That's right? creepy. That's basically Jacked proof. Up. Yeah, Jacked pretty much. Up. So we'll send you one, Mo. Which yep, one do you want? Exactly. <laughs> You want very small, Joanne? It's a big haunting in a small package. <laughs> Stop that, JR. I'll tell you what's remarkable about that. Shout out to our fellow friends podcasting. Uh, is the fact that there's a market for haunted dolls. Yeah, that is astounding. Why would why would you want that? There were a I couple that I don't. were ten dollars, and of several others that were in the hundreds. I now mean, they've got discount haunted dolls. I would be real. If I'm buying a haunted doll, I'm not buying a ten dollar haunted doll. Right. right. <laughs> but what, what? But how do how do they set the price on it? Like, how do you know, know. worth Maybe money? Based on what it does. Not. Like the ten dollar haunted doll just unplugs your phone sometimes, and that's it. <laughs> so what? If, like, what if you bought that doll as a joke? Like you buy the ten dollar haunted doll and you give it to a friend or whatever as a joke. Like we're gonna send you. Right, we got it. Mm -hmm. And then stop that. Don't make me move. 
I just got this house fixed up. <laughs> Please don't make me move. That sounds like the opening of a horror film if ever I've heard one. Mm. We're, we're already going to talk about why Brahms has almost got me wanting to leave this <laughs> But <laughs> Please don't send me a doll. Guys, uh, very small Joanne is only $10. Uh-oh. I'm not going to lie. Cool. If you sent that, I'd probably burn it. I would absolutely <laughs> yeah, burn it. I think we've all learned that that's the best way to go. Definitely. So, but what if it what if it did what it said? What if you gave it to your friend and they're like, dude, my phone gets unplugged every night. Like, <laughs> be, you're an ass. I'd be like, I think what we've learned from the paranormal activity movies is you set up a night vision camera and record it all. <laughs> and, then, and if that doesn't work, provoke it. Yep. <laughs> provoke so like, it. Is that all you can do? Is that the best <laughs> plan? No wonder you're only ten dollars. <laughs> There's another one that's listed for twenty eight hundred dollars or free. Or best offer. Give him a dollar. Yep. <laughs> Haunted Doll Lucy, very active. Spirit witch owned, must see. I think, I guess an indicator as to whether or not they were really haunted would be to see if it continues to be the same seller for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if you're rotating sellers regularly, maybe they're offing, you know, their owners. Yeah. So, I you know, agree. And that keeps mm-hmm. getting put down in the will, and now someone else has to sell it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess that would be an indicator. That's what I'd look for, for authenticity in a haunted doll. I agree. So, Stacy, okay. earlier you said what makes them creepy is that it feels like they should be alive. It feels like they should be moving around and doing things, and they're just not. Mm-hmm. That is basically the vast majority of this movie, The Boy. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, so again, no spoilers for our listeners. We assure you, if you haven't seen it yet, you've got about five or ten minutes of spoiler-free discussion. But uh, what did you? Th- what What were your expectations going into this film, and then what did you think of it? See, my expectations fluctuated a little bit. In the beginning, I was super nervous, and then as we saw more previews, as we've gone to see movies, I'm like, and eh, maybe they're showing the scary parts in the preview. But then again, like Mo and I have mentioned before, we try not to look or do too much research before we go into it. That way you don't have any preconceived notions. But when we were walking and I was like, this is probably going to be scary. And it definitely, definitely was (laughs) definitely (laughs) scary for sure. I was banking on the fact that this was going to be a complete flop. Um, Mostly just because I didn't want to be scared by the film. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I, there was a part of me, the previews looked pretty good. And obviously previews can be deceiving. That's their whole job. They want to get people in. But with horror films, especially like Stacy said, we're going to see so many movies now that you get to see them over and over. Uh, I thought what they did good with this is they didn't show a wide variety of different previews. It was kind of the same one over and over. So you really didn't get too much of a read into the film. Um, but in the back of my head, I was still thinking, you know what, dolls, they're usually creepy up into a point, and then you get this reveal or something happens, and it's just like it kind of unravels the whole film. Wait so that's, shoe to drop. that's kind of where I was really like hoping, okay, I might be, there might be some jump scares, I'm going to be a little nervous, but this is going to unravel, I'll be able to sleep tonight, life will be good. <laughs> um, it did not unravel, I did not sleep, and life is not good. <laughs> Okay, so, uh, interesting. Yeah. I uh, I'm I had ver- to see what you guys think. I had very low me. expectations. 
I was I was rooting for Maggie from The Walking Dead. I wanted to see her kind of make it into film. Likewise, I really enjoy her. And frankly, actress. I went into the movie thinking if it's just better than The Forest, <laughs> I'll but be happy. I mean, it, so we it didn't have, have to bar? do much, right? There. I well, mean, yeah, because The Forest wasn't as bad as The Gallows. So if it was better than The Forest, then it wouldn't be the worst movie we ever reviewed on this podcast. Um, so, uh, and, and just just by the way, by way of comparison, The Forest is sitting at a 12% on Rotten Tomato right now with a 30, 30% fan rating. Uh, the Boy is 26% on Rotten Tomato and a 51% fan rating. So it is reviewed better than, than The Forest. And I have to say, it was better than The Forest. Um, I thought... Uh, I thought that the end was fine, but like super derivative, which we'll talk about in spoilers. Yes, that I yeah. The, the final scene was a letdown. Yeah, uh, the fi- for me it was like the fi- the last probably twenty minutes. I was just like, give me a break. And yeah. then the more I thought about, it, the more I was like, give me lots of breaks. <laughs> um, but again, we'll give that spoilers. Overall, it was fine. Um, I thought that the the horror was effectively done. I do kind of wish I hadn't seen any trailers um, because I, most of the scenes were uh, were spoiled in the trailers. And I have a huge gripe about the way this film used its scares that I'll talk about spoilers. But overall, it was it was fine. I didn't hate. I, I want to ask a couple questions. Though. Okay. Did you did you see the end coming? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Oh yeah, I oh called God. it. Like, I'll tell you why in spoilers when I called it. I totally okay. didn't see it coming. Then, I don't understand, Jr. I think I'll I know, tell you. I think I know exactly when, and I'll tell you why I didn't. Okay. And then you all chuckle a little. Man, all this foreshadowing—it's just like we're watching <laughs> the boy. And then what was? Oh, the second thing I was going to say—I think what I enjoyed about this film in comparison to the forest, because I will agree with you in some regards to the forest not being great. Uh, is Maggie sold her role, at least as far as I was concerned. I thought she did a great yeah, job. Yeah, oh, I agree. Um, I thought she did a better job than, I'm just going to call her Marjorie because I don't know her real name. Natalie Dormer. Yeah, <laughs> Natalie Dormer. And Lauren Cohan. I thought she did a better job because, well, Natalie Dormer, I don't think she was, I don't think she's a bad actress uh, at all. And I don't think she did poor in that film. I just don't think I really bought her role in that film mm-hmm. in comparison to like Maggie's. Yeah, Maggie sold it for sure. I had very low expectations. I was not, I was very much expecting, kind of like JR said, that I was going to hate it as much as The Forest, if not more. And I was so pleasantly surprised. It was so creepy. I really didn't even think the end was that derivative. And I think it's because I'm a female. I liked it. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I I, uh, yeah. I didn't see it coming at all. Like it totally got me. I was I was flabbergasted. I had a few um pet peeves just with like the way that the story told like revealed itself, but mm-hmm. other than that, I like I I went in whole hog buying it, not trying to figure out the end, not trying to like I just wanted see? to see like this scary possessed doll murder a bunch of people see and i feel like i can i never i don't typically try to figure out the ending i try to just to go in and enjoy the movie for what it is whereas i feel like a lot of the time mo and jr are always like okay what's gonna mm-hmm. happen like we're gonna think this out like how are they gonna get us 
And I feel like sometimes that might be why the two of them don't enjoy the movies quite as much. Because mm-hmm. they, they think about logically so much what's going on and instead of necessarily just sometimes taking the movie. Sometimes it's just so in your face, though. Like, yeah, I promise I, mean, I, I don't I try. <laughs> Outside of M. Night Shyamalan, I'm never actively going for what's happening. M. Night Shyamalan, I do it strictly just because I don't like him. And I, I want to be better than him. Which you, are are. you are. To figure out the twist. For the record, I don't the think twist. it's difficult. <laughs> so, uh, I guess, okay, so before spoilers, would you recommend people see this film? Yes. I would. Yeah, I would too. Okay, there you go. Four strong recommendations. Uh, three strong recommendations and a mild recommendation. Mine's mild. It's January. There's not a lot of good stuff in the, in the theater right now. This is okay to see. You Except won't be for re-releasing all of the Oscar stuff. I figured you'd say just go see Mad Max again in theaters. I would say that. If you have a choice between this and Mad Max, you should probably choose Mad Max. I wouldn't Ooh, say that. I definitely wouldn't. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love Mad Max and Tom Hardy. Like He was enough to get me to see that movie, but Somewhere you should down. definitely go see The Boy. I don't know that it'll lose anything on the small screen. I mean, if you no could get like a screensaver, definitely loses something on the small. If screen. you could get a screensaver that kind of looped of one car chasing another car, you could just watch that instead of Mad Max. I mean, that's gross, gross inaccuracy. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, just for that, Mo, I'll send you two ten dollars Hana dolls. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. <Jay. laughs> All right, let's get into spoilers for the boy starting right now. Spoiler zone. Don't split up. Mo, when did I predict the end of this movie? Uh, when she was in the attic. No. Oh. Ooh, okay. It was when the dad said, well, she's really worried about rats. She's afraid they'll get into the walls. And I was like, well, someone's living in the walls. Damn it, JR. Good catch, sir. Good God, catch. you are genius. I mean, that's why else would you say that? Maybe yeah. because they don't want rats living in their walls. <laughs> that's, that's a normal thought. Why have rats at all? Why have traps? Like, that was a whole thing that didn't... We've need... had rats in our walls, in our house. I wasn't overthinking anything. <laughs> well, I was I, just like, I hate rats. I hope Brahms doesn't live in our walls. <laughs> no, I hope I... Brahms doesn't live in our walls either. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, really, I really wasn't paying attention to that scene at all. Um, it well, was so at the beginning, I don't know. Yeah. That yeah. I mean, that just when he said that, I was like, "Well, someone's living in the walls." Like I, like instantly thought that. So, was there other parts of the film where you were like, "Yep, validated," or were you well, like, actually, "That was enough that you were a hundred percent and you never second guessed yourself"? Even when, even when they showed the outside of the house and there clearly been a fire and there were like scorch marks on the on the attic window, I was yeah. like, "Okay, so there was a fire in the attic." Like, I mean, you know, there's there was a lot. And again, I don't necessarily make that a dig at the movie. I think that's good script writing yeah so you that, wanted to link yeah so that when he does pop out you're not like well i came out of nowhere i mean they gave you breadcrumbs all the way along you could follow mm-hmm. you know so i wouldn't i would yeah, say the saving the food stuff was real weird yeah, yeah. it was all weird oh, i mean definitely. that was right i mean that was all it was all on purpose it mm-hmm. didn't make any sense once you found out what was going on um you know there uh, why like can anyone explain to me why they hid him in the walls because he, he murdered that, that little girl. Right. Yeah, it was strictly See, because they were saving him. Why, did, why don't yeah. they just keep him in the attic? Or why don't they just keep him in his room? Like I, no one. I mean, they kept well, him in the basement. He, yeah, he had he a room. He just got to I move to the walls. The walls were yeah, like but, a means for him to be a part of the family without being in the house. 
and and so the the doll was literally a proxy for him like he felt care because of the care they were showing the doll i mean i, I don't I think, think he was actually was all there anyway right so i mean that was clearly established yeah, he was i think odd. the doll was part of that and i think also the family was a little off the oh, rock yeah i think the doll was also a way for them to preserve a son that wasn't a creep yeah Except like he was a creep. They went oh, on. They went on ad nauseum about how particular he was about everything. He was, but so the doll is like pre-murder. So it's like I. I don't <laughs> they were holding on was, to the innocence that was their child. There was, Except he wasn't innocent. That was my point. Like they were like, right. no, I'm saying there's three nuts in that house. <laughs> <laughs> Two of them have their own agenda, and a third one just wandering through the walls. Like it was a weird film. <laughs> That's what I mean. It just I like I. I got it. I just didn't think it made any sense. Like if you had, if you had put that scenario together and been like, here's a family, their boy is a little off. He murdered a girl. Now what? You wouldn't say they're going to burn him alive and fake his death. Um, then they're going to build a doll of him and let him live in the basement slash walls. See, well, I don't they care for the I doll. Don't, I, don't I don't think they know that. I think they really did try to kill him that. And he just, survived obviously and they so then they decided that they were going to have him live in the walls and wear a weird mask and yeah i don't think that they tried to kill him i, I think that he I just know. almost died yeah. or maybe he i kind of got the sense they might have just faked his death yeah exactly because i don't know like we never see under his well no he was burned his face was burned yeah, yeah i was gonna say the end is, i think yeah i don't i think I don't, it was an accident yeah i think so too i don't know i think after he murdered murdered the little girl they covered it up and yeah, then, but they didn't like intentionally burn him. Maybe they did. I don't know. Whatever. It was all on the same that, day. That's why it's very suspicious. Messed up. I'm telling you, three nuts. How is this movie not like basically basically a complete ripoff of Black Christmas? I mean, oh, there's a million movies. There's maybe uh, it's not a ripoff. It's just an homage. Okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, like we had said about like Poltergeist and other, isn't there an old film like always, People Under the always Stairs? There's always going to be. Yeah. Supernatural has this where there's two kids that live in the house mm -hmm. walls um, and like feed off the people that live in it. I I think the whole person in the walls has been done a thousand times. Uh, The the doll was the scary addition to this film. That was the difference, you know? So I said going into this film, I will enjoy it if the doll never moves. Yes. And what I meant by that was like, it's not like, even if it's haunted, I was, fi- see it. I was fine with it being haunted, but I never, I didn't want to end with it, like walking around and chasing them and you know, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And, and the film delivered on that. And I was really pleased with it. Um, a little bit ridiculous that he was so adept at getting in and out of rooms silently. Um, well, it wasn't but, necessarily silently. Yeah. She it, could hear for sure. She like, thought it was the doll though. I don't. I I'm thinking specifically of the time in the kitchen, and and like when she dumps she, the pear or whatever in the trash. Yeah, and she has her back turned for like, I don't know, ten seconds or less. To be fair, that doll only moved five feet in that. Right, but that's what I'm saying. He had to like be able to get out of the wall to the doll, move the doll, and then away again, without making a sound, all very quickly. And again, yeah. sure, I guess. Um, he had lots of practice, but he wouldn't need to practice. He wouldn't need to practice when his parents are there because they know he's there. Like yeah. that, unless he lied to his parents and his parents didn't know he was there. And the doll thing was like, oh no, they definitely knew. Because... I know, I know, I know. I'm just, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, anyway, 
like I said, I, that's why I gave it like a mild recommendation. I didn't love the end, and I thought once you kind of figured out what was going on, it was a little silly. But see, yeah. I thought your giveaway point was going to be when she gets stuck in the attic, and when she sees the silhouette of Brahms, um, and, and then trips in. backwards and falls. And in the morning, it's the jacket that's standing there. I did not see him standing in the darkness because away. I was, you know, I was, I think I was texting or probably something. going to the bathroom or something. Yeah. I wasn't, sure. I wasn't covering my eyes or anything. And so <laughs> then uh, I didn't catch that clue. And I think that might've been a giveaway for me, but they did such a good job focusing on the doll and never really giving you more of that. I was just happy that with the same thing you were JR, like I was waiting for that moment where the doll did something and you saw it. And then the movie lost everything for mm -hmm. me or there was some stupid, like, possession or I, I, I was waiting for some, or like that the girl had come back to possess the doll to you know get back at the parents I was waiting for something dumb to ruin mm -hmm. it and I just wasn't I was looking left and they were on the right so it was yeah you were looking supernatural and they went strictly purely yeah. natural yeah yeah exactly I, that. I was waiting for it to go full full-blown Chucky yeah on mm -hmm. everybody and I was that's why like him crawling out of the walls when he first and you see his mask and he does the weird oh, thing with his elbow was like one of the most <laughs> disturbing things ever. And I know that like it didn't, you know, creep you guys out, but like that was when it clicked for me and I was like, holy balls. Same. He's been watching her. Right. And I mean, obviously she realized it too. Like when she's the in the shower yeah. and all of these different things, like there has been a human being, not a weird, creepy, potentially haunted oh. doll watching me this entire time i've been here yeah so, and then you're yeah. in like the norman so bates creepy. world right oh yeah scarier oh yeah and so the, creepy and i agree like even the scene where he bursts out of the wall mm -hmm. was great because all the way until the point where you actually see him coming out you're still except for jr thinking this is haunted like now we're about to get this paranormal and the doll wasn't even there it was like they unleashed the spirit and so, like, mm -hmm. even up until that, I was like, oh, my God, like, where are they going with this? Is this whole house going to cave in? Like, are we about to get, like, the whole bleeding house type thing? Like, what's going on? And then he comes out of the wall, and I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> that was probably the scariest moment for me because, like, the realization, like, oh, my God, like, it's not a haunted doll. Mm -hmm. It's actually some crazy person mm -hmm. watching me 24-7 for the last, like, month or two. Mm -hmm. So scary. Making a doll of me and sleeping with it. <laughs> right? Ugh. Okay, so uh, let's do best worst since you guys are already talking about it. Stacey already said your best was that wall scene. What was your worst? Mm -hmm. let, me th let me think about it for a okay. minute. Okay. When she spent an entire night in a towel in an attic in the middle of whatever season it was, probably fall or spring or something, it was cold-ish. I was so annoyed by the fact that she didn't like investigate. She went back up in the attic and wasn't like freaked out. Like, But she was out cold. So dumb. Yeah, but even before that, she was just like wandering around. I'm like, I would have been pounding on that freaking door, like sitting on it so that it would open. But didn't, yeah, what, didn't she spend the first five more. minutes trying to get out, and then she broke that thing, and then she saw something, and then she tripped and knocked. Well, she was trying out. to she was trying to get her boyfriend's attention because he had come over for their date, and she was trying she she broke it mm -hmm. on the window trying to get the window open. And then she thought she saw Brahms. She, she took around, a step yeah. and she fell. So I don't. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I was so annoyed. Uh, and Maggie like that she wrong. wasn't even genuinely creeped out the next day. Like she was just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I think that's, that's probably yeah. my worst. It's not like a specific scene, but when she's like, oh, he's haunted. I'm totally okay with it. Like I'm going to take care of him. Like you are, you are crazy. Well, but right. You she needed she, to everyone else, including the guy trying to talk to her. She was crazy, but due to the traumatic life experience, life experiences she had gone through, her justification was that it was almost like she'd been brought there to offer closure. Like she was desperately looking for closure. She's taking care and of a so ghost. And so she doll? was trying to look for the silver lining. Like this was her means to help a baby that was killed, and she had lost a baby. So a crazy baby. Like, but but she doesn't really know that. I don't know. I'm playing so devil's advocate. All of the times the guy told her the kid was weird, and the parents not being creepy. Like, and you. Only thing he I said was he was picked, odd. We all picked up when the parents were leaving. How weird they were. We knew something was going on. Like, obviously, they're not going to come back. Yeah. So what I I, I was actually going to say that, that all of that was actually my favorite part of the movie. Hmm. Because if you look at, like, the, uh, the classical hero's journey, there's always a moment when your hero crosses the threshold out of the ordinary world into the special world. And the special world is where they – so it's like when Luke leaves Tatooine with Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? Uh, hmm. It's when – uh, it's when so it's when you leave the world that you know to go into this adventure, this call to adventure, and you respond to the call to adventure. And for her, it was this clear moment right at the beginning of the movie when um, what is her what was her boyfriend's name? I don't know, but he's Malcolm. in that new show, Man not in Malcolm. High Castle. Yeah, 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 yeah Malcolm. Cole. No, 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 sorry, I'm talking about Malcolm. I'm not not her ex, uh, the, the guy that before. yeah, the grocery guy. Uh, when Malcolm bends down and greets Brahms and basically shows her what to do. He's acting as her mentor. He's a, he's like her Obi-Wan Kenobi who's calling her into this special world and he's showing her how to do it. And so you see like this moment when she commits and says, well, okay. And, and she kneels down and she greets Brahms and she starts playing along. See, and, I almost, I don't feel like she, she did. I think she, she was just playing at that point. Right. She but really was, committed was, until she was committing to the act, the uh, game, and then the door. Okay. Yeah, and then there's that moment later. Uh, it and again they kind of cut away, and and they cut to where Malcolm's come back over and she draws the chalk and shows him and everything. But again, like there comes a point later when she starts believing, and when she starts believing instead of being afraid she becomes very maternal and i i felt like they did a good enough job of like you said mo kind of giving us a justification for why that would be why it's okay i'm not going to be creeped out he's just playing you know he brought my shoes back nothing nothing truly because she bad. hadn't pissed him off at that point really well, of course but as i'm saying she doesn't know again she doesn't know that she's in a horror movie right we know that watching yeah. that this is a terrible idea but like I think I thought the film gave us enough justification that she has discovered something that for her is like beautiful and magical, which is that death may not be the end for a child. Right. Um, and so, so th this gives, she starts playing along, but like for real. And um, I think that that made the reversal all the more uh, just crazy, you know, because she was so in. Uh, and, and she was in like no one else in the movie was in at that point. The parents weren't in like that, right? They knew what was going on. So, 
Yeah, I, I I thought that was my that was my favorite part. Go ahead and say your worst, because I know what it is. I hate it. <laughs> We've talked about this. We talked about this in the forest. I hate it when something scary happens and then someone wakes up and it was just a dream. Um, Brahms the puppet moved twice in the movie, and both times it was just a dream. That's like the cheapest bullcrap that a horror movie can do. Period. And this movie did it twice. And I'm so angry. And it was, and I, I agree with you typically there, but in this case, couldn't you argue that that was just to heighten their misdirection because it, it advanced the paranormal aspect and took but away it didn't, from. Cause it was all in her head. Yeah. But to the viewer, you still kind of come away shocked and rattled and you're like, Oh, maybe there's, it's this outside paranormal force. It's, mm-hmm. you know, messing with her. So she's dreaming. Nope. Like, if it didn't, know. if it didn't, ha- if she didn't see it in reality, I'm not buying it. It just made me angry because <laughs> it's cheap. It's cheap. Like when you have rules, this, this is not a supernatural puppet. It's just a regular puppet. And then you move the puppet and then it's just a dream. You're cheating. Like you're cheating your own system of rules. Like, so either stick to the rules and be creative enough to scare me inside of the box. Don't, don't do that cheating crap where it's all just a dream and you can do whatever you want. In but your you're dream. always a cheater and a rebel and you don't like to nope. stay in the it's rules. Lazy. It's oh lazy writing. <laughs> lazy writing. Cheap horror. So that was my worst. Mo, what was your worst? Did you say? No, I think my best was the same. Uh, well, my best was the fact that the doll didn't move. We didn't have any just horrible doll stuff going down. Um, I liked that the camera always went away and came back. It just had so much more of a dramatic effect. If the doll would have done like a slow Chucky head turn or something, like it would have immediately ruined the movie. You mean like it did in her dream? Yes. Okay, yeah, just checking. Okay. So worst for me, though, was like as if it wasn't horrifying enough that this man stormed out of the wall stabbed her ex with a doll um, shard in the neck because he startled and just got a mirror exploded on his face. So they at least account for why he was overpowered, even though he's like this hulking ass who's got an abusive, you know, history. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, you get that part down. I'm comfortable with that. Malcolm's already shown that he's not a fighter. Um, she's been abused. So you, and now she's terrified because she understands what's going on. So why did he have to become superhuman? Like, this is a man who spent his 30-some years, 32, because he's born in my year, uh, (laughs) living in walls, feeding on scraps, and is just an odd person in the first... Like, there was no weight room in his room. There was no need for him to be as built as, like, Henry Cavall. And then he's picking up girls and not even picking them up pushing them from a prone position like eight feet into the air against the wall and then choking them with a screwdriver in his stomach above the ground. <laughs> and then that this is after being hit on the back of the head by like a metal blunt object Multiple by times. a grown man and like jumping through more walls. Like I, it's unnecessary. Like they could have easily just continued with the fact that he knew the house better than they did. Um, he could have disappeared and reappeared, and that would have been equally horrifying and much more believable instead of giving him that Freddy-type uh, strength. And then, although the ending was creepy, the doll being put back together and assumingly by him, like, why is he alive? So now, is there a supernatural thing to him, 
or he's just so odd and dumb that you know mortal wounds don't kill him you know mo one of the one of the parts of the movie that i thought really didn't work for me also was when he's chasing them and i never knew i had no sense of where they were in the house at all I couldn't yeah. tell if they were upstairs or downstairs. I could, and, and and the problem with that is that they seemed to, like they seemed oriented well enough to like know where a window was, or she was able to like go back somewhere and then get back to it, like, and and then obviously, like you said, uh, Brahms knew the house, but I I never felt like the way it was shot let me know whether or not he was exploiting that to get the better of them. I assumed he was. Because that like makes logical sense, yeah. but I thought that that was pretty poor directing in that particular part of the film, and I think a, a better director would have made that much more tense, and like you said, actually kind of made that be Brahms the superpower. Right, because we had already talked the whole movie about how all the windows are shut. You know, like they had already cut off so many escape routes for them that they didn't need to give him superhuman strength. They just had to go back to the house being his and them being foreigners in it. And so I don't, it just, although the ending was still terrifying because the fact that all the reasons we have not, you know, have acknowledged he's living in the walls, he's watching her the whole time. Like he's creepy. He's uh, killed a girl. He's got her dress on his doll in his bed. It was a very Norman Bates uh, scary at the end of that film. And so uh, just the fact that all of a sudden he's this, hulking beast that can't be stopped that was ridiculous um mo it it seems like you're saying that the film established a set of rules and and then didn't play by those rules and you felt like that lessened the potential for the scares is that what he said you cut out i didn't hear that (laughs) (laughs) go on stacy um i'll also have to agree a little bit i didn't really like how like Malcolm, that he hit him in the head so many times. Like, he, what's it, Brahms? He got hit in the head multiple times. Like, any normal person, like, you would be knocked out for a while. And then he was just up and at it, like, a second later. And then when he was fighting with the grocery guy, hit, it was knocking him out or should have knocked him out. Yeah, well, Malcolm the did first well for time. himself. I was proud. Skinny you know, like, that he was. <laughs> Give some good kicks to the face. I just mm-hmm. felt like that was a detail that they overplayed and if they wouldn't have it would have been a little more believable so fun fact back to your golem story though uh jr is the yiddish and slavic folktale of the clay boy um essentially takes from the golem and mixes it with the gingerbread man and it's about a lonely couple who makes a child out of clay um but the problem is the boy never stops growing so he continues to get larger and angrier and hungrier and essentially, he eventually eats the parents. Oh, my goodness. And he never stops getting bigger until he goes into the village. And then this wily goat, you know, solves the problem by crushing him. However, nice. it's kind of like parallels the story. Like mm-hmm. they save their boy. They make the doll. He keeps getting bigger. He becomes a problem they can't handle. And then it leads to their deaths. I mean, though, they take their own lives. Yeah. yeah. How twisted of a suicide was that? Right. Oof. That was the best they could come up with. A couple oh, of rocks man. And, uh, trench coats. I was curious why she was wearing men's shoes in that scene. I don't know if anyone else picked up on that, but they're heavier. Everyone knows that. Can we talk just briefly about the role that domestic abuse played in this film? Yes. I mean, yeah, it definitely played an instrumental role in that pivotal point of the movie for sure. 
I, but it, it did a lot more than that. It took her safety away from her. Um, I mean, it took a life away. Well, and it, in some ways, it was a trigger for Brahms, right? Because she was yeah. in danger. Um, like well, that, the, yeah. well, I said from the beginning, while I did not call the ending, I did say that Brahms was going to be the one that killed Cole. I just thought yeah. it was going to be Supernatural yeah, doll uh, Brahms, not living in the wall, creepy Norman Bates <laughs> Brahms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when, when Cole destroyed the doll. Yeah, we all <laughs> knew. <laughs> <it was> like, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I saw I saw some reviewers who who weren't happy with the way this film treated treated domestic abuse, but I, I to me it felt pretty believable. I mean, as soon as uh, first of all, as soon as we found out Cole had her address, yeah, we all knew he was showing. Up. Oh yeah, except for her, up. she was like, "Well, he's going to write me a letter, and I'm not going to read it." And I was like, "Well, <laughs> okay," you know. <laughs> um, yeah, and then the fact that he was just there and he wouldn't leave, and he was so physically intimidating and threatening, and you know, I don't know. Like, I, I, I was, I was more scared by Cole than I was of Brahms. And of course, by that point in the movie, you, you have almost. I found, I found it interesting though when Cole has Brahms the puppet. Like, we are all rooting for Brahms, the haunted doll, as far mm-hmm. as we know, right? Yeah, yeah um, definitely. Well, because Cole's that like stereotypical like yeah. aggressive person too, mm-hmm. because the new. I mean, whether Malcolm's her boyfriend or not is arguable, but he's still the like new interest in her new life. Beau. And so, you know, they were Netflix and chilling. <laughs> I just found out what that meant recently. I didn't know that. And I know that was an innuendo. Uh, but anyway, oh, yeah. so, it always is. Um, I, you know, Malcolm, obviously, he was not the aggressive or stand up type person. Like, he wanted to do the right thing. And he, I think he was there and would have if he had to. But like, the fact that he kind of bowed out and listened to her and then slept in the car, like, they set up all the right things to make Cole like aggressive and scary and so i I thought it was viable i'd be curious as to why the reviews um or reviewers said otherwise i think i think in in part because you could have excised cole and the entire domestic abuse um subplot from the film and it would not have significantly impacted the film give her a different reason to go to europe uh, it's a miscarriage instead of uh, like an abuse, like where she lost it because of abuse, or she's an addict, or right. I mean, it, that's what I mean. Like, there's the, Some like kind of baggage, right? Whatever. Like, it the film didn't need her to be an abuse survivor, and and the horror, the monster didn't play that way. I mean, it, it didn't it didn't matter that Brahms had killed that little girl. Um, that that's what he had done, right? He could have uh, he could have done a number of different things bad. Uh, so so there were all of these things that that could have held together, I think, a little bit more tightly. I was again, like I said, I wasn't bothered by it. I thought it was effective. Um, again, uh, I thought it was pretty predictable. I mean, I was bothered by it because domestic violence sucks. And yeah, no, no, no. Like, but well, but it was yeah. effective, right? It was effectively yeah. presented. Yeah. I I felt it did a good job. I mean, as far as her story with Malcolm and the reason she didn't want to go, I, I thought it worked very well. Yeah, I think they per- portrayed it very realistically. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, uh, any final thoughts on the film? No, I think it was worth watching. It's It was not the height of scary movies. Uh, it's not going to win any Oscars, but if you want to be scared and see a good film. And I think, creeped out for yeah, the rest of I, your evening. I like the twist. I think it was. I think it did well for itself. Yeah, I would venture to say it was probably the best horror film of January. 
of 2016. <laughs> as far as new films go, uh, what did we see that was better than that in the last six months? New films, theater films. Final Girls, duh. Uh, that wasn't a, uh, no. That was straight to DVD. No, it wasn't. New. I saw it in the theater. You did? Yeah. Okay. I'll give you Final Girls. Uh, that, what I about? Don't know if that's a fair comparison because Final Girls wasn't scary. What about The Visit? Oh, God, no. M. Night Shyamalan? I was just curious. Oh, There's a question. Old people were way scarier than Brahms I was living or dead. Yeah, I was scared much more often in The Visit than I was in this <laughs> film. I guess the twist for a change was worthwhile. To, I, I just hate to give M. Night Shyamalan any credit. I was I was more harrowed during the confrontation between the kids and the old people in the visit than I um, was. That's yeah. for sure. And that okay. was a much more believable confrontation. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to just say that was six more than six months ago. So <laughs> Don't try to count from October. Well, we also saw... <laughs> have you, you guys haven't seen Goodnight Mommy yet, have you? Oh, God, no. no. Ooh, and I, I don't want to. Unfortunately, <laughs> that one is at, to. like, the top, top of my <laughs> list. I'd like to reiterate. And Bone Tomahawk. I mean, oh, gosh. Oh, Bone Tomahawk was oh, great. Oh, my God. We should Ooh. dedicate an episode we to Bone Tomahawk. I agree. Yeah, definitely. Great. Um, no, I, I think movie. this movie got me because I live in a house that's 140 years old, and it has been insanely windy this winter. <laughs> And I got home last night, and every time the wind blows, my house creaks like through the walls and floorboards from one end to the other. And it was horrifying. Like, I know Brahms isn't in my walls. I've opened up my walls. There's no area <laughs> in my walls that have enough room for a rat, hardly, let alone a Brahms. And yet, I still was tucked in very tightly last night. Mo, when, when the wind blows through the walls, does it ever sound like this? Agnes, it's me, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do get these so weird funny. phone calls at night that I haven't been answering. <laughs> All right. Uh, mm-hmm. Next time on Don't Split Up, we are going to be reviewing Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. So if you haven't read the book, I highly recommend it. And make sure you go see the movie when it comes out so you can catch up with us. Let us know what you thought of The Boy at don'tsplitup.com or facebook.com slash don'tsplitup. Uh, you can also let us know what your favorite doll, uh, haunted doll is, and we'll let you know how to get it to Mo. And uh, again, we just want to say thank you for spending some time with us talking about movies that we love to be scared by. Uh, until next time, whatever you do, don't split up. Join J.R., Stacey, Amanda, and Mo to discuss blood, guts, horror, and gore in our podcast don't split up where we discuss horror movies and how great or not they are because as you know in every horror movie the first rule of survival is never leave your friends so don't split up if you want to make it to the end no don't don't split up this place is huge. No one take the back porch. Scream if you see anything. That won't be hard. But in observation of this loaded moment, I am not in favor of splitting up, nor am I three days from retiring. I will not be right back. <laughs>